welcome, welcome to Special Report here. This is London Calling, BBC News. BBC News, we've got, uh, my name is Clarence Thompson. My name's Theodore Tompkins. And we're here, um, reporting some grave, grave news. Our dear mum, Queen Elizabeth II. Mum has passed. The entire family is mourning. Uh, the entire country is mourning. Soccer, I uh, mean football, <laughs> is cancelled indefinitely. Indubitably, it's cancelled. No rugby for the weekend. The Queen is dead. Long live the Queen. Long live the Queen. Oh, Britannia. May she ever rule the world. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> fuck Meghan Markle. <laughs> we can all agree on this. It is quite funny that this is actually... The Meghan Markle fiasco was the first you know, episode of your attempted podcast. It's true, it's true. So we had to we had to bring it back. We had to we had to say something about the Queen and uh to honor the Queen we did uh shitty British accents and pretended <laughs> we are on the BBC breaking the news. I know. So hopefully that didn't offend anyone. Uh but I I think like English people aren't included in the, the protected groups of people who are allowed to be offended by No, 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 they've dug themselves quite <laughs> the hole over the, the past couple hundred years. So I take back my apology. Yeah, I I feel like maybe some regional accents might be offended. They sound like you're from London. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Chim chimney, chim chim chiru. <laughs> I feel like I've done that to British people, and they're just like, "Stop it, <laughs> stop it!" She's <laughs> like, "Shut up, <laughs> you fake country." <laughs> okay, well, we should get down to nuts and bolts of what we're talking about today, which is American politics. That's true. The Queen's already had her show called The Crown. Yeah. So we're going to actually address someone else who's had their own show. True. In part, Dr. Oz and <laughs> other candidates running for office. Well, we talked about Dr. Oz. I thought we were talking about Alaska. Well, we could do both. Who? This seems to be a running theme, actually. seems like everyone who runs for at least Republican politics seems to have their own TV show. That's true. I think it was Arizona, Carrie Lake. I think she won the nomination for... I think she's running against Mark Kelly, so I guess the Senate seat in Arizona. Because she had, she has a she had her own talk show. And Sarah Taylor, wasn't uh, she on some shit? She was on Masked Singer. I mean that's like recent though, right? That, that's like and that, no, she was on Wife Swap. Oh god. Um, <laughs> Send her back. I think the Palins had their own reality TV show too. They could have. I mean, I feel like I memory holds a lot of the Palin saga. Like it's just, it's gone. Like <laughs> I, I just siloed it off in my brain. I just ignored most of it. Well, it's yeah, back now. Apparently. Um, so what I'm, happened? In Alaska? Yeah. So there, I don't know, Alaska. So Don Young, he was like an 86-year-old freaking uh, Republican rep from Alaska. I'm pretty sure he just died on a plane, took a nap, didn't wake up. So... Uh, the state found themselves short of a rep, so they had a special election. And this is, I think, the first time they've, I think they voted to institute ranked choice voting. This is, I think, the first election that they've been, that they're, they've used this. So 
They had three candidates. One was Mark Baggage. Nick Baggage. I think Mark Baggage was his father. Oh, uh, but oh, Nick Baggage oh. was... Yes. Uh, he was a the, Republican. Yes. Well, both him and Caleb were, Caleb off, yeah. were running as Republicans. And Mary Peltola. Peltola, yeah. Is running as the Democrat. And it seems that Baggage lost the first round of the ranked choice. So his um, voters, their second choices, you know, went to whoever it was going to be, either Potola or Palin. And even though it looks like the majority of those went to Palin, Potola still had the edge in just the raw number of votes. She was already ahead of Palin, so she didn't need the same. She didn't need a. The same percentage, the percentage of votes. Palin needs to like cut into whatever the second choices were for Bagich's voters, but I think people still have some sore. You know, they have some issues with the Palins. I mean, aside yeah. from the fact that she abdicated her governorship in the, uh, 2008 to join McCain's. Yeah, I'm not sure it was necessarily campaign. that because I think you know, oftentimes. People in a state will actually like when their representative or governor or senator moves up and is taking a position in national politics for whatever reason, whether they should like it or not. I don't know. But I think a lot of times people are like, oh, cool, they picked our person. This mm-hmm. is our person. I think it's like, you know, Alaska really um, soured on Palin over the, the fallout after that, where she really used that vice presidential run as kind of like a cash grab, doing lots of reality TV and interviews and, you know, getting involved in lots of different sort of for-profit, less, I don't know, solely governmental-focused uh, Yeah, no, I, I would... Endeavors. I would imagine that makes sense because I feel like they have a lot of long haulers in Alaskan politics, like... Incumbency is pretty strong, like Ted Stevens. Uh, I think he died in a plane crash. I forgot one. And but she left too. She left. Yeah. Like, like she moved down to like the lower forty-eight. Like once she got the fame of the vice presidency, yeah, she like, like stopped spending time there. But which like, like, I'm sure a lot of Alaskans were like, "Oh, okay, so you got your shot at stardom, like, and you're like, fuck Alaska, like I'm out of here." Yeah, it's like baggage, like his dad was in politics for a while. Um, Don Young, the the rep who died that started this entire special election, he was there for a while. Um, again, like I said, Ted Stevens, he was there for a while. So they, they she definitely veered from the course in that sense that it felt like a one and done, like, or like you said, cash grab, just kind of just, all right, I did my part. I'm going to take advantage of my position that was... And my celebrity. I've been away for years and, you know, well, I'm back. I'm still Alaskan, you know. It's like, it's kind of similar to the Dr. Oz thing. So, but anyways, we had the election and um, the ranked choice voting election and the Democrat won in a deeply red state, which was surprising. And I think it brings up a lot of... I think there's a lot of people who are... in. A lot of pe- a lot of Democrats who are in favor of ranked choice voting that 
are sort of taking a victory lap here, saying mm-hmm. like, this is how we can win in the Red States, yada yada. Andrew um, Yang is coming out of the, the corner somewhere, just, <laughs> just, just unnecessarily opening the curtains and smiling. I'm not sure I buy it, but I mean, do you, um, what do you know about their process of, of the ranked choice? I mean, for this election, yeah, I think it's literally just you put down your first pick, whoever comes in last, whoever, uh, for that candidate, they'll look at the second choices. Yeah, I, and so I was reading you have them. two columns, mm-hmm. and so you have the regular bubbles that people are familiar with. So you can mark off each person you want to cast a vote for. Yeah, this will be your your first round. Uh, is that? I think, I mean, I would call it a first round. I don't know if that's what it's actually called. I'd say first round and second round's the final. I think you have to mark off each person you you plan on voting for. Because you can, if there's, let's say, five candidates, you can vote for all five and mark each one, mm-hmm. and then you rank them. Okay. Right? And then, or you could just vote for one and just yeah. fill in the bubble for one and just write one. I don't, or I you could just do two and do And I think those and are second. called, like, non-transferable. Like, yeah. if I only wrote Bigich, like... He came in last out of the three, so I was like, "Okay, well, that's that." This is right. this is this is an exhausted bout. Bye bye. Like one and done. Thanks for playing, but that's also their choice. So, right. Do you have feelings on ranked choice voting? Um, I feel like it works well in this context because it's like two versus one, right? Like Tom Cotton's. Issue was like 60% of the voters voted for a Republican, but we have a Democrat. Yeah, but then the second choice for the people who are voting for Bagich, some of them went for Peltola. Like, that's. It's almost like you're like just eliminating it, your last yeah. choice in, in that situation but where it, you're but like. It, but it's like, okay, yeah, they wanted a Republican at first, but they didn't like Palin, so they just went with someone like that. They had like I'd rather have choice. a Democrat, Democrat than have Palin. Yeah, they have more choice. It's not good for parties, it's probably better for people. Um, in that sense. But I feel like it would get messier the more candidates you have. I'm sure there would be more strategic attempted engineering of like like pushing people out based on the rank. Like how however the however you push candidates out, like throw all your weight behind this person and then maybe tell people to okay, you're gonna vote this way uh in the next round. Or mm-hmm. for the second, third, whatever. So I'm sure that I'm sure it gets a lot, a little more complicated than right, and yeah. there can be a little more funny business sense. My spiel about uh, ranked choice happening. voting always kind of includes how the Oscars people like never really feel particularly satisfied with what wins Best Picture, mm-hmm. but it's usually like not the most um, unique film. Even if that film might be the best, it's usually sort of like the middle ground of like, well, nobody hated this, um, but, you know, it appealed to the widest uh, group of people. Well, to your point then, I guess this would be a good moderating force in politics if it follows that logic in the academy that you're going to pick a middle of the road, you know, movie because somehow that's just how it's going to work out. You know, via probability. Yeah, I don't know if I really want that, though, because, like, I think it kind of, like, ends up with this, like, 
everyone's really in the center. Mm-hmm. It does work for a compromise, which, you know, the, the, there's the, the age old saying about compromise that like a good compromise leaves everyone unhappy, right? Like both <laughs> parties leave getting a little bit of what they want, but nobody's like fully like, woo, I got everything I want, which like, I don't know if that actually leaves people happier in the end. Compromise or getting everything they want? Compromise. I think getting everything they want does kind of leave them happier. At least in politics. Well, well, then it's sort of just a, becomes a zero-sum game. I mean, the stakes are just, like, ridiculously high every single election. Which, it sort of feels like we've maybe reached that. I don't know. I, but I but it puts a lot more stress on the system. I mean, it's, it's almost, you know, encouraging... Um, you know, candidates to become emboldened and be even more radical than they, than what most people would be willing to tolerate. So I guess that's kind of the issue there. Yeah. It's like, sure, I have 51% of the vote, but I have incredibly partisan, you know, policy proposals that are, you know, unpalatable to almost the entirety of the electorate. I guess this is where I like, something that would people be. Like, eh. I guess this is where I, I think it gets con- confusing, and obviously I don't have polling numbers on this, but I think most Americans would agree that like there needs to be some radical changes made, mm-hmm. and um, I think with ranked choice voting, you maybe decrease the likelihood of ever having a candidate that is truly sort of outside of the norm. <laughs> um, but then again, I think it's a case-by-case basis. I think, like, people, Democrats who are taking a victory lap being like, whoa, ranked choice voting, we should do this everywhere, I think should probably caution themselves um, with that thinking. Because I don't know if that's... I don't know if I... I don't know if I buy that. I think this election really came down to the celebrity of Palin and people of Alaska didn't like her. I think there are other situations where this could really backfire. Mm-hmm. Um, not that I have any off the tip of my tongue, but um, I don't think this is a situation where it's always going to break Democratic, which I've talked to some, you know, ranked choice Democrat gurus who are like, this is how we win. This is how we, you know, fight back against Republicans. I'm like, I don't know. I mean, can you envision a scenario where it doesn't? Well, I guess you're not always banking on it to just always skew Democrat. You just don't want to cater to more radical Republican elements. Um, like, you're going to have to be okay with a system that allows people to well, elect like, Republicans. I guess I guess for the, the argument I've heard for ranked choice voting the most is that, yeah, like, the current political and electoral system is favors um, Republicans mm-hmm. based on the amount of representation they have in government mm-hmm. um, versus the amount of population in those areas, which I think is absolutely true. Mm-hmm. And I've heard ranked choice voting as a remedy for solving that because it favors Democrats. And I just don't think it necessarily does. I mean, I don't know how that favors Democrats. Right. Again, I just think it has a more moderating effect on, you know, the final candidates and what people are willing to tolerate and whatnot. Um, and because that doesn't really change, you know, the the edge that Republicans have in the, the structural, you know, makeup of Congress, the districts, the 
plus Senate seats in the gerrymandered districts for more rural counties that just compared to like urban areas that lean Democratic. It's like, okay, this is dumb. Look like at some states, and it's like, wow. In this state, doesn't doesn't Palin, who was our, I think, the farther right candidate making it to like the final round, mm. doesn't that sort of dispute that it like brings people closer to the center? I mean, it did in the sense that not all of them broke for Palin. Mm-hmm. Oh, I understand what you're saying. That you imagine that baggage should have been the one who, you know, came across the finish line. Not fi- maybe not even finish line, but you know, didn't lose the first round. Right. I mean, possibly, but they're also like they're still splitting it. But yeah, but she only came. Like a percentage point or two ahead of him, they were pretty close. Yeah, and I think she lost the final election only by like two or three percentage points. Oh, it was like two. It was like fifty-one, like forty-eight or forty-nine. Oh wow! Okay, it was actually very close. Um, so, like you said, it's kind of like it doesn't feel like a a solid Democratic win. It's a special election. You had Palin. It's you're probably not getting full turnout. Uh, so. Yeah, I can't really say that this is gonna. She's gonna hold the seat until I think they'll have another election in November. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I'd like to do like another, like a deeper dive into like ranked choice voting and like the sort of philosophy behind it, and you know maybe look at some apply it to some elections. I don't know if you can re- re- retroactively. I mean, I don't know if you can, but there's definitely a lot of literature on different voting. Um, proposals and systems like ranked choice voting is pretty popular in terms of alternatives, but there are a bunch of others and statisticians have kind of gone through to explain like the stuff I was alluding to that is like the fear that people might gain the system in favor of other candidates or their own hmm. just to gum up the works and make it more difficult for some candidates to advance. And just start throwing, running random candidates. I mean, I mean, that's also like open primaries. That's always been an argument by parties that you have to register within the party to vote in the primaries because they don't want, uh, like, especially in New York had, I don't know if they changed it, but it used to be like a hundred days or something before the primary, you have to basically register with the party or else you can't vote in the primary for like Democrats. Because I think it was it a Wyoming, the Liz Cheney, like she was encouraging Democrats and independents to vote for her. And it's just like, you can see like Republicans like Liz Cheney is trying to, you know, take advantage of the system and, you know, inflate her, her vote counts to, to win the primary. Um, and I think Rush Limbaugh did the same thing, Operation Chaos. I forget what state it was, but he's encouraging Republicans to just cross party lines to just vote for whomever to knock out. Whoever he thinks is going to be the less like less difficult opponent to yeah. Republican. Yeah, so that's, that's the thing. And about- I don't think it's really come to fruition that often. I feel like this would be more of an issue in local elections where the margins are smaller that yeah. like you can kind of like push you know the 
the end result one way or another with less people because it's a lot harder to kind of engage in some type of massive conspiracy and, you know, concerted effort with millions upon millions of voters across the across the country or, or state. Sort of. I mean, I think it's hard to get millions and millions of voters to all collude knowingly in a conspiracy. But I think, you know, as we've seen, like, corporate interests and big money can influence elections greatly. And <laughs> this is news to me. <laughs> and, um, and something like ranked choice, I'm just spitballing here, but like may open up the door to making that even easier in some ways. Like I, I know I was listening to something or reading something recently that was talking about how the Democrats are, are funding or are, or like the, the, DCC or the DNC or whatever, I can never get the acronym straight, are funding a bunch of like the farther right candidates. This is probably elections. one of the dumber things that <laughs> Democrats have done. They've done some dumb stuff, but it's like, what happens if they win? Like, you're banking on the idea that they're going to lose, but Republicans yeah. are great at lockstep voting. They, you know, hold their nose and there's like, you know what? They'll deliver for me, so I'm just going to vote. For whoever has the R next to them, Democrats are like, I, I love your conscience. It's like, no, this is... And I think there was a good amount of Democratic money that came in early on Trump, too, like wanting him to, like wanting to face him in 2016 because they would beat him. I feel like we all thought that, though. We're like, wow, this guy's a clown. Like, how can he win? Yeah, but it was wrong. So yeah. now I get to... I didn't make that decision, so I get to, you know, retroactively be like, that was dumb. Mm-hmm. But, like, we've seen how it can be fucked, yeah. right? So, like... No, that's true. So, there's been a few elections, so, like, I can just see with, like, ranked choice, you're like, oh, let's just, you know, let's say there's four Democrats and two Republicans running. It's like, let's just fund, like, four of the crazy Democrats or whatever, whatever they consider crazy. Yeah, that's true. The crazy radical ones. Or or you can just, you know, put in... You can probably get, like, an independent or a Republican, have them change their, you know, party affiliation to Democrat, you know, fund their campaign just so they can, you know, uh, get those, like, just slightly more votes than someone that they felt threatened by, so that person's forced to, yeah, just you know, away at that it, person you know? just, they, they lose in the first round. It's like, oh, okay. And then you can just have those people drop out. Or then you can have them win. They'll be in your pocket. Um, so I can, I can see that actually, that's an interesting scenario where, you you could have a bunch of u- useful stooges. Yeah, I don't know if there are safeguards to this in any way in the Alaska system. I'm sort of talking out my ass here, but I do. You know, that's just something that crossed my mind. Mm-hmm. You know. mm, it's interesting. But something interesting to follow. Um, also, I, I apparently the um, Alaska's um, is also going to do ranked choice voting for the upcoming presidential election in 2024. Which I don't think it'll change anything, but I'm kind of just interested by it. Oh, what's his name? Uh, Rocky. <laughs> so this name. Dude, this guy's on the. Balboa? That's the no, it's not Rocky. Rocky. I know. And Bullwinkle? No. <laughs> I forget his name, but he's always oh. on the ballot. It's like, what are you doing? How do you keep. Where are you getting this money from? Like, oh, like Shiva in Massachusetts? Yes. It's basically <laughs> the equivalent of that guy. The guy invented the internet. Okay, Shiva. <laughs> Speaking of, I haven't seen a lot of Shiva stuff. 
Yeah, no, I think he's on the outs. I think he's he, I think he has to fight Al Gore for you know the uh, the, the credit the for for inventing the internet. Um. Well, uh, what else do we have on ranked choice? I mean, I think that's really just it. Okay. Just our thoughts on it, how it sort of works. I'm sure there there are people much more eloquent than us who could explain it. But we chose us. Um, You chose to listen to us, and if you want to hear people ramble about shit that they kind of know about, you're in the right place. Exactly. Um, Any other elections you're following closely? Obviously, you know, Dr. Oz. John Fetterman? Prime time. That's, that's is the, it John Fetterman? Yeah. Okay, I was like, John, is that his name? I always just know him as Fetterman. The Fet Man. The Fet Man. Um, yeah, so why don't you introduce us to Dr. Oz versus John Fetterman? I think this is going to be one that continues to come up over the this fall as we podcast and follow these races. Yeah, so... If you if you need an introduction to Doctor Oz, congratulations. That means you've been shielded from his, you know, his ubiquity on cable TV, where <laughs> he has his own show. It's actually called the Doctor Oz Show. He's a cardiologist and sort of like a quack slash, you know, snake oil salesman. I'm sure he does. He has some like real stuff on his show, but there, there, you questionable. You can you can kind of skip his show and just. Now, eat things in moderation, exercise, you're good to go. You don't have to watch your show. I'm your doctor now. <laughs> just, yeah, send in, you know, tips, questions, whatever. We can build a brand here. But he is the Republican candidate for Senate in Pennsylvania. So Pat Toomey, who is nominally... You know, moderate Republican, but not really just a shitty Republican <laughs> uh, senator in Pennsylvania is finally retiring. And obviously, it's a battleground state, so it's important to. Yeah, it's an important you know, race. It's important for both parties to either keep the seat or take it. And John Fetterman is the very large, bald, tattooed, bearded man who is currently the lieutenant governor of Pennsylvania. And he is the Democratic nominee for for the seat. So they've been quote unquote battling out for the past couple months, but John Fetterman had a stroke a couple months ago and Dr. Oz has been sort of not on the offensive. He's been, you know, criticized for being I don't know, just hanging out in the background, not firing up the Republican base. Um and now they really have to close that gap because Fetterman's been ahead. You know, ahead of him, I think the entire time there, there's been polling. And significantly ahead, four or five percent mm-hmm. throughout. Yeah, and, um, and it would be a pretty huge pickup for the Democrats. It, it would be. It would be massive. Yeah, and so there's just questions whether or not Dr. Oz can, you know, really bring this one home for Republicans, or John Fetterman, you know, can do what almost seems like the impossible and win the state for Democrats. I mean, Dr. Oz just feels like, like, it just feels like the Republicans just didn't think that hard about this or really just didn't vet him that well. And we're kind of like, okay, you know, he's not charismatic. Yeah, he, he is, he, he is, I feel like he's too much of 
he's like the the bad version of the TV personality. Like again, I said Carrie Lake in Arizona. She's she has like a charm. She connects with people. She had like a she had an actual talk show versus Doctor Oz, where it's not really a talk show. Oh, Ricky Lake? No, no, no. Carrie Lake. Oh, I think it's Carrie Lake. I thought it was Ricky Lake. Hmm. I think the Ricky Lake show is an older show. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know Carrie Lake. I think it's Carrie Lake. Um, but he just doesn't have, you know, that delivery that really connects him to no. He, their, he has voters. His he's very sort of stuffy and yeah, it feels wooden. Yeah, wooden. Doesn't seem to... He doesn't really connect with people. Although, I don't know. I guess people watch his show. But, um... And he, he's lived for most of his life in New Jersey, I guess. Yes. Now he's running in Pennsylvania. And, you know, I'm sure there's a lot of Pennsylvanians who don't feel great about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Carpetbagger. Yeah. <laughs> kind exactly. of opposite is going north. <laughs> um, and, and on the other side, Fetterman has this kind of like... You know, working class, tough guy, Carnhart, sweatshirt, tattoos. Mm-hmm. I think, I, I think early in his career, he was like, you know, worked in, was part of unions and maybe worked for UPS for a long time. Like, he really has this like great blue collar backstory that, um, feels like a pretty, Pretty removed from current Democrats. We don't see a lot of people looking like like him or behaving like him. Like, if he actually went through, like, a steel mill or was at a construction site, like, he seems like he would do well to fit in and feel comfortable. He's not, like, doing those awkward photo shoots where he's in a button-down and his sleeves rolled up and put the hard hat on. You kind of just look like a bozo. (laughs) And just like, it's like the Michael Dukakis in the tank photo. (laughs) It's just like, okay, this you're out of your depth right now. (laughs) Like this is not uh, true to your character. Like you're trying too hard. It's, it's, it's appreciated, but some stuff like that can just, you know, and he he feels very authentic in the way he speaks to people, the way he presents himself. And Dr. Oz feels like a TV character. Um, and I feel like Republicans were just like, all right, we ran a, you know, a reality show host and won, you know, in the past. Um, so, yeah, sure, Dr. Oz, come on down. And it's like, it just seems like he, he could, he's one of the worst people you could have ever chose to run in this election. And he's probably going to lose. Um, and... And I think they just agreed that they might do a debate in October. So there's been some controversy over the debate, which, uh, um, so over the summer or early in the summer, Fetterman had a stroke. Yes. And he has declined to participate in a debate because of that. Mm -hmm. And that's, that's a tough line because if he has auditory processing issues, as his campaign has said, does I mean, if you can't debate, does that also extend to governing? Like, if you can't do this, are you should you be considered fit to run for office, and should you win, serve in office? Because yeah. I, I mean, I was watching his very short Labor Day speech on C-SPAN, and you could just tell like he was struggling with like the speech words. Um, Stuff like that. And it was only like five minutes. So I was like, 
battling Joe Biden for not flubbing for a speech. So I, I given that was what five days ago. Yeah, no, yeah, like three days ago or uh, four days ago. I don't know if it was Sunday or Monday. Uh, you know, if he doesn't improve a good amount between then and October, that's going to be an issue. Yeah. And I can totally see why they don't want to have him in a debate with Dr. Oz. And it would bring up just, again, that issue of, is this, are they hiding something? Like, is, is this a safe, is this fair to Democratic voters or just voters in Pennsylvania to put up a candidate that might not be able to fulfill the duties of office. Is it going to be a petticoat government like Woodrow Wilson's was when he mm-hmm. had a stroke? Um, right. And, and it is really unfortunate timing because he was, you know, as any stroke would be, but, you know, from the political uh, strategy side of things, it, you know, he was cruising there for a little bit and mm-hmm. he was like, you know, looking like he was really going to be... Um, a pillar going forward in the party. Yeah, no, it was a, a breath of fresh air, and especially for a, a a party that I think we've definitely mentioned this before. They they're just a weak bench, like they don't have a lot of candidates within a certain age range, and so much of the leadership is just really old and really disconnected from. Mm-hmm. I think it's voters who feel trapped in voting for many of them. Yeah, and Federman again just. Something different, um, feels authentic, and kind of addresses whatever, you know, shortfalls Democrats have made in the past, uh, especially in terms of uh, accusations of elitism or um, some type of abandonment of certain sections of the working class. So he can, you know, fill in those holes and, you know, broaden the big, the big tent, if you will. And yeah, no, it's, it, it sucks. Like, is it right to just keep running him or? Yeah, I think it brings up a lot of. Because if I remember, if, if I remember correctly, uh, yeah, I checked on the, what is it? National Conference of State Legislatures in Pennsylvania. You can, the governor will fill a vacancy for. Uh, for the Senate seat mm. if it becomes vacant for whatever reason. Huh. So, hypothetically, we could vote Fetterman in and then he could be replaced by oh, someone. Yeah. And that that's a six-year term that would effectively be filled by some some Democrat. Who knows? It just won't be Fetterman. But you don't have to worry about the like a upcoming like election like you would in the house election or something but it's a senate seat sure um but that's also like asking a lot of him and voters like we don't know what he's going to do we don't know if his if his health is going to continue to improve or something else might happen um yeah the ethics about it it, it is well i think also like an interesting question that comes up is like okay so let's say he does have auditory processing issues like, how transparent does the campaign need to be about what those issues are? Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, on, at its face value, if you were to say, should someone with auditory processing issues be able to serve in the Senate, I would say, 
I think with of course, yes. I think with reasonable accommodations. Yeah. Yes. Right. I, I guess it just depends on the 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 extent of now the damage that was done from the stroke. Right. But but obviously I you know, I think under Biden and Trump before that we've done so much talking about, you know, being physically capable to mm-hmm. be president and you need stamina. Stamina, <laughs> folks. I have it. Hillary does not. Um, yeah, no, even like stuff with like Diane Feinstein. Like you get like a rash of stories of people, you know, talking about how she'll just like talk to, be talking to someone, just keep asking their name within like a 20 minute span. It's like, okay, this is not good. Yeah. But like, so is it, you know, is it ethical for her office to let her continue serving or like, it's like this is, it seems like there's plenty of other situations where we can apply this to. Yeah. But I mean, you also don't way. want to be now ableist, I guess, in, in a certain sense. Like, like I feel like a wide swath of people should be able to serve, and we should obviously be accommodating of right. Of people, yeah, I think it opens up a lot of doors because it's like, okay, you know, on one hand, I could, I could maybe be convinced that, like, um, you know, the uh, health records of our public officials should be public in some way, or at least a redacted version, right? Yeah, and on the other hand, I'm like, but this could open the door up for people being like. Whoa, 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 whoa. You have a depression diagnosis? We can't have you as president. What if you commit suicide? And it's like... No, I feel like that's definitely happened before. I mean, people have vol- volunteered. Mm-hmm. Medical information? Information. Um, no, I, yeah, think I think Bernie Seth, did after Seth his heart Moulton attack. did that. Right, people have volunteered it, but obviously you're only volunteering it in the case where you it's think it helps your campaign. Yeah, right? or you're trying to get ahead of the, the curve. Right. In case, you know, there was some opera research about about you, you know, dropping <laughs> dropping almost dead on a bike trail or something. And, you know, I mean, I don't even know if it's worth talking about because I think, you know, there's no way once, you know, this would have to be a decision voted on and made by politicians and there's no way politicians will ever agree to any sort of legislation that forces them to make their... Um, medical records. Uh, That's perfectly fine. We can just have them, you know, wrestle. You know, do a relay race. But it's uh, like arm wrestling. Like, but it's like thumb war. What about like? I mean, you know, should people in government be subjected to drug tests? And should we be able to see that? Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not. I'm not for these things for the general population. But like, you know, but they're being held to a higher standard. Yeah. So you could. I mean, these are just that. you know, these are just th- ideas. I'm not necessarily advocating for these things. Well, I mean, that's also. I mean, I feel like that's still important to know, though. Like, I'd like to know if you have a terminal cancer diagnosis before voting for you, and what what if you're just donezo in a year? But it can, but but it you know it can be easily weaponized. You know? Yeah. It can really open the doors up. Also, there. that'd be pretty wild. If <laughs> you're just like, eh, I'm just going to run. I'm going to die anyways. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> YOLO. Just say the wildest things. People vote for you. It's like, like yes. Breaking Bad in East West Wing. It's like, rather than be a meth dealer, I'm going to change the insurance laws by running. 
Running on borrowed time. <laughs> Breaking good. <laughs> Unearthing the dirty secrets and, you know, uh, see the underbelly of Washington, D.C. <laughs> Dead man walking with nothing to lose. Dead man walking, that's a good one. Dead man running. Ah, yes. <laughs> there we go. There we go. We workshopped the shit out of that. <laughs> we have the Mark Wahlberg one, and we have Dead Man Running. Dude, why we are we on be- making a podcast? Let's just <laughs> go to Hollywood. <laughs> we are. We can make a trilogy. <laughs> <laughs> All these people will just be played by different Wahlberg family Mark members. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, actually, all-starring Mark Wahlberg would be great. Uh, <laughs> we'll come up with a third one soon. <laughs> That's good. But oh, well. but I, I I how traditional is it for them to do the like president annual physical stuff? Like I don't even know when they started releasing that that stuff. Um, like I just always kind of just did Trump not do his? <laughs> or he didn't it said he was like amazingly healthy. <laughs> I think Trump wrote his own report. <laughs> One of the healthiest specimens I've ever seen for a man his age. That's why I just don't buy. I this man's BMI is twenty two. It's like, is it? <laughs> I mean, and that's another thing too, is because like people are so politicized now. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know if you could really find a doctor who could write an unbiased report. If they do, that it would be, you know, it could be used for or against a candidate in an election. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's oh, got yeah. to be a way to do a blind fucking test, right? Like a drug test, you don't need to know whose name is on it to test for the drugs. Again, just have them do a real... <laughs> like a blood test, you don't... Yeah. <laughs> just have them do like a, like a county fair thing where they have to do like a triathlon or something. Yeah, just pass the, like the police fitness test. <laughs> <laughs> you run through tires, like all that fun stuff. Do, do uh, monkey bars, do whatever, and... Yeah, we'll see who comes out on top. We're on something here. I think we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I think we're going to you know, really change the way elections are done. <laughs> too smart. Too yeah. furious. No more rain choice. Emphasis right? on too smart. <laughs> exactly. Too smart? Um, I curious. Well, I, I think that might be all the time we have. And that's okay. And that's okay. But we have, a, we have some good episodes coming up. I think we have an interview coming up. Um, with an avid vegan. Yeah, no, I'm going to watch that YouTube video that he's been sending around. Which, yeah, which I know, um, I know that that's really going to get the viewers in, is a discussion on veganism. Yeah, no, if you want to hear someone talk about why they're vegan willingly, you should listen in. Um, yeah, that so next we're going to have a discussion on veganism, and also The Rock will be on the episode. Oh, fuck yeah. <laughs> Just kidding. <laughs> I don't want to be uh, sued for false advertising. But he could. He could. We don't know. Anything could happen. We don't know. We're, we we don't. We cannot confirm or deny if The Rock will be on the show. But we highly encourage you to listen, listen to the next episode. And check it out. Yeah. All right. Well, this has been Al Gore. And this is Theodore Tompkins. Dan Quinn. What was my name at the beginning? Clarence Thompson? Yeah. So that's why I just Clarence Thompson. This was Clarence Thompson. And Theodore Tompkins. God, God save the Queen, rest in peace. Robert Nagar. God bless us, everyone. Chimney, chim, chimney, chim, chim, cherry. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. 
Jim Jiminy, Jim Jiminy, Jim Jim Jeru. Good luck, we're a buff when I shake hands with you. Oh, blow me a kiss. And that's lucky too. Now, as the ladder of life has been strung, you might think a sweep's on the bottom most rung. Though I spends me time in the ashes and smoke, in this all wide world, there's no happier bloke. Chim chim and me, chim chim and me, chim chim cheery. A sweep is as lucky as lucky can be. Chim chim and me, chim chim and me, chim chim cheery.